Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. And boy, we have a lot to talk about today because our goal every week is to bring the Lordship of Jesus to everyday life. And of course, this is a national election that we just had. We thought we'd have clarity by now. Nope. We got no clarity. Nope. And, uh, and, and well, really, we have a degree of clarity on something else on the state of our union. I'm not even talking about an election. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we, we are a nation divided. And what we've tried to point out, at least on this podcast, is that that division is best captured when you understand that we're really a nation with two separate worldviews. Uh, the Judeo-Christian worldview, on the one hand, which seeks to understand life through the lens of Scripture and through the uh, the authority of Jesus Christ. And then you've got a whole nother stream of Americans who pretty much reject all of that. They're, they largely embr- embrace secularism uh, and they have a completely different agenda. And, uh, and, and we see that. I mean, we are, we are polarized in this nation right now. And, you know, I shared Sunday, um, what we want as Christians, obviously we, everybody has their own candidate that they're in favor of. And I labored to show the, the different policy agendas of both parties right now. They could not be more diametrically opposed. Um, but I really cautioned our people Sunday that, you know, what we want is justice and we need a clean system. And I think you and I both agree this election stinks to high heaven. Uh, and I think we're going to be, we're going to be walking this out. The media keeps saying the same thing. They've already, you know, be, bequeathing their, their new king, King Biden. And, uh, and I just want to caution us that we're a long way from that. And, um, and there's a lot of investigation and a lot of, of, of clear fraud that needs to be exposed. And here's what we want. We just want legitimate votes counted that are real and true. We want all the, the dead people that voted, got to go throw them out. Uh, all the, the votes that were illegally tallied because there was not both parties present. Uh, I mean, that's happening all over the place. I mean, we're, you know, these are the things that, that, that if you don't have confidence as an American citizen in the process, everything falls apart. I mean, you, you have a complete disregard for the rule of law because you can't trust it because it, because it's not uh, impartial. And I think that's where most Americans are right now. And this, this, by the way, I think it's going to be a no-win situation because if we find all kinds of voter fraud and Donald Trump is declared the president, you're going to have everybody on the left that's, you know, uh, going nuts. Yeah. But at the same time, those of us who support President Trump and who support his policies, there's no way you can embrace this election and say it was clean until uh, an independent panel of somebody, the experts in Supreme Court or whoever, uh, goes through and examines all these allegations of fraud um, that, that seem to be credible. And, um, and, and what's, what's shocking to me is uh, all the quote-unquote experts who are, who are just, blowing, just blowing through this and be like, oh, there's nothing, nothing to look at here. These are irregular. They're not a big deal. They're blah, 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 blah. You got your big you know, tech companies who are putting disclaimer on people's communication on social media saying, ah, it's safe. It's fine. There's nothing to see here. Yeah. It's like people don't understand the, the nature of republics, okay? If you think there's chaos on the streets now, imagine when people no longer trust the electoral system, no longer trust yeah. that the people they elect are legitimately elected. That's a law. Loss for everyone. That's a loss yeah. for the United States of America on so many different levels. There will be chaos. Because just imagine when someone says that you broke the law, you're like, but whose law? Because I didn't elect that person. Now you let that mindset trickle down, go further and further down that rabbit hole over and over again. Next thing you know, we have chaos. We have yeah. 
everyone's rioting, burning stuff down everywhere because no one trusts anybody. And, and we're the leader of the free world. And the, yeah. fact, the fact that we can't run an election uh, that's clean and that, that is that, that is uniform across 50 states, you know, as far as uh, how things are done and how process we have. We're, we're the leader in technology uh, and all these things. And, and we cannot get a clear count on election day. It, to me, that just shows you, uh, again, the injustice and, and the problems with the system. And, and it's unnecessary. We should we should not be in this place where we are right now. Uh, and so all of this stuff, we as Americans, we must simply demand justice. We must demand transparency. We have to know that our vote counts and we have to know that the system is clean. And I, as I shared before, you know, I, I get so frustrated with the folks on the left because they think guys like you and I are dangerous because our faith is actually, you know, uh, the dogma lives within, right? But you know what? The most dangerous people on the earth are people who don't honor Jesus Christ and who aren't submitted to his lordship and who are godless people. Because if you are a godless person, your idol is power and your idol is control and you will do whatever it takes to become elected because at the end of the day, it's all about power for you. You are your own God and you are the most dangerous person to elect in America. Most people, when the election's over, we, we, we here's what we have to avoid. We have to avoid two problems. I saw Christians on the one hand that were saying, you know what? Hey, this doesn't matter. It's just an election. Jesus is still on the throne, right? Or I heard other people posting things like, if Christians spend as much time, you know, sharing the gospel and evangelizing as we do getting involved in politics, we wouldn't be having these problems. Now, I mean, I mean that's just ridiculous thinking. It is myopic, uh, narrow-minded thinking that shrinks the gospel to basically the proclamation of salvation, and it loses the fact that government belongs to the Lord, that we're living lives here in our communities. These lives matter. Ideas matter. The ideas have consequences. And to somehow suggest that every once every four years, we should not be incredibly engaged in the electoral process is foolishness. Uh, yes, we're to share the gospel. Yes, we're to evangelize, but not to the exclusion of everything else that's going on in our lives that Jesus is also Lord over. So don't act like this does not matter. This is huge. It's very huge. But on the other side, let's not exalt it to where it gets bigger than it should be. Because you and I both agree at the end of the day, it's not the person sitting in the Oval Office that's going to determine the course of our nation. Uh, we believe Jesus is on the throne and we believe God's bigger than all these things. We believe God raises up and he sets them down. But, but our job is to make sure the process is clean. And then let's see who God raises up and sets down. Uh, if you can't trust the process, then we can't accept the, the outcome of the, yeah. of the election. Last time I checked it, the, the gospel preached by Jesus Christ is a gospel of the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. It's his kingdom. Not a gospel of simple salvation gets you to go to heaven. It's a gospel. May your kingdom come and your will be done. And part of God's kingdom is fairness, is transparency, is righteousness. Yeah. You know, it's not corruption. It's not hiding behind the scenes, scheming behind the scenes. What we're seeing right now in the nation, from my perspective, is largely what we have talked about before. Is the is a biblical worldview that human beings are in, in their hearts sinful. Yep. Okay, and there there's original sin that when you have a concentration of power, when there's a lack of accountability, when all the so all the, the mainstream media unite behind a certain candidate, when there's no no check and balances, they all yep. they all striving for one thing. This is what we see today. And, and, and some people get frustrated with this. They talk about the gridlock in Washington D.C. But gridlock is a sign that we are a nation divided. And gridlock was actually designed by our founders as a protection. It is a slamming on of the brakes so that we don't become a nation that's passing laws where there's not 
agreement and there's yeah. not unity. So, you know, the fact that it, that we have a House controlled by one party and right now we have a Senate controlled by the other party is a great sign because that means if there's any radical things being pushed through by one side, the other side says, no, we're not going to allow that. And, and here's the good news. Nothing gets done. Nothing getting done is good news when you are a nation divided yeah. because uh, it, because you're not wanting to take advantage of the other party or the other Americans who are in a disagreement with you. How devastating it is when you are pushing an agenda that's 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 highly favorable to 50% of the population, but highly detrimental to the other 50% of the population when you have like 50.1% ahead to push that for a nation. Yeah. Do you know how destructive that is for a nation? Well, and our founders said it's absolutely repugnant for our government to force the citizens to to uh, fund and to follow policies that they find personally repugnant. And again, that's what happens when you have 50% of our nation who, who says, no, that's not the direction this nation should be going. Yeah. Uh, so we need to spend some time healing. We need to spend some time discussing. We need to get civility back in to where we could actually talk about issues and not just call people names. Wouldn't yeah, that be great? I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. I'm not You're holding out yeah. on that. <laughs> not holding my breath about civility when they're... Uh... The some of the, some of the social, social media stuff say about about people with Judeo Christian beliefs. So no, yeah, yeah. not going to go there. But it, but you know, Sunday I, I shared a message in our un, uh, unalienable series um, that my son and I had a really good talk on election night, and 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 he was you know concerned with the way that the nation's headed. Uh, as a Christian young man, he's concerned with the growing you know, secular tides uh, in, a, in this country. And he asked me uh, a really important question. He says, Dad, what should I do? Here he's 22 years old. He's owning the issue, which I, I share with our people. That's the first thing that I really want to encourage us yeah. to do. we got to start asking the right questions. And uh, and rolling over and retreating and pretending like it doesn't matter. That that's not the right response. You got to own your nation. You got to own what's going on. And and you got to ask the right question. What is, what does the Lord want from me? What is my role? What is the unique way I can get engaged? You know. And I, I shared from Ezekiel thirty three, which asked this question. It, it's a, to me, it's a beautiful example of connecting the dots. You know, ideas do have consequences. And and Israel at this time was going through living out the consequences of bad ideas and bad lifestyle. And the Bible says this, surely our law breaking and our sins are hurting us. And then it says they will kill us. And then he asked this question, what can we do so that we live? So notice the connection of the dots here. Our law breaking and our sins are hurting us and eventually they're going to kill us. That's where America's at today. You can only thumb your nose at God and thumb your nose at God's laws for so long eventually there's going to be great destruction in a nation that continues to act that way. And so the question is, what shall we do to live? How now shall we live? And um, and that's a big question. And maybe you're asking that question. What am, what am I to do? You know, it seems overwhelming. Uh, and so Jason and I, we started talking and we started, you know, processing. And and really Sunday's message, I came up with, with three three points of, of action, I guess, for, for us as believers that were taken from that passage on David's, David's mighty men, one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, and let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. And you, I love this passage because you brought up why these men are mighty and why they're David's mighty men. You know, the first one you talk about, um, I can't even pronounce his name. Yosheb, yep. Yosheb, 
Basha Beth. <laughs> Sorry for all our Jewish viewers. Just put you that. He had a great name, but yeah. he had, but better than that, he had a big spear. Yeah, and he raised a spear against yeah. 800 men who he killed in one encounter. And you yeah. talk about the concept of raising your spear, yeah. identifying what your spear is, yeah. and raising that. And and, and you know we, we said this, you know, that a spear is a weapon, but it's, when you raise that spear, it is an act of declaration. It is it is a it is an act of faith. And God wants us to raise our spears right now. But, you know, you and I talk, so so what's the spear signify? I mean, if you're talking to a young man or you're discipling a young man like my son who's saying, what am I supposed to do? What does that mean, raise your spear? What, do you, what, what, what is a spear? What does it identify? Yeah, spear is what God has, uh, the gifting and, and the, the edge that God's given you. So you and I are this. different. Yeah. Every, we're all different. Yeah. That's the beauty of the church. So who, how has God uniquely created you? Right. You are a weapon in the Lord's hands against the, not again, we, we highlighted this too, not against people. We're not attacking people. The Bible no. says very clearly we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So we're going to encourage all of you, what is the unique gift set that God has equipped you with? Use that for God's glory and use that for the for the good of our nation. Uh, and, you, and raise your spear. Don't run from the battle. Raise your spear. Get engaged. And this guy raised his spear. 800 people uh, fell in a heap because he was willing to raise his spear and to, and to fight for what is important and what is true. And I think it's, it's important for us to identify, do you really believe, I asked this question to the men in my life, do you truly believe that God wants to use you? Because yeah. it's really a choice. If you believe that God wants to use you for great purposes, then that's true. Yep. If you don't really believe it, then it's also not true. This is one of those things that God says choose. You get to choose whether yep. um, you accept the call, you accept the spear that we have. And for some of us, our spears might be hidden in our garage. Yeah, that's good. Okay, they're dusted away. No, you, you, we, hit on a, you hit on a big point. Do you, yeah. do you really believe that God really, has called you for such yeah. a time as this? God gave me a bazooka, and you treat it like a, a doorstop. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, where did I put that bazooka? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, is that bazooka? It's left hanging. I use it to hold down the, the mat so you won't, you know, the, the carpet will curl, curl up. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a reality for so many of us. Because we have so neglected the call, or we have not realized there's a call in our life, or embraced the call of God in our lives. So our spear has not been sharpened. Our spear has not been uh, exercised. We yep. no longer know how to use it. Yep. It's time to go back and dust it off. It's good. In our own hearts and, and, and identify what it is and take it back out. And, and we should be fighting right now, again, not rolling over, feeling weak or insignificant. Um, imagine when you raise your spear and you look up and there's 800 guys getting ready to try to kill you. <laughs> Um, that seems like, like why even bother fighting? In fact, most people run the other way, but that's not what he did. And you know, when we do our part, then God does his part. Yeah. And our job is to show up. Our job is to raise our spear. Uh, what was the second thing I, we talked I, about? Well, I, I, I love your example about Moses. Yeah. And Moses was a shepherd. Okay. Yep. Shepherd, not the highest no, cast on, on, on there. And here God calls him to be a deliverer. Cast. Yeah, call him to deliver. And he's like, I got nothing. Like many of you might be saying the same thing. Yep. Like I got nothing. Yep. And God says, "Look what's in your hand." Yep. And and it was that, a rock. Right so what's in, what's in your hand? What's in your hand right now? I want to ask you guys watching this. What's in your hand? Yep. I mean, look at your hand. What's in your hand? What is the level of authority? Moses' level of authority was uh, some sheep. 
On the backside right? of the desert. All he had was he had a rod to uh, shepherd some sheep. That's his realm of authority, sphere of authority, which is very, very little to him at that point. But, right? but when you look at his life, he's got the heart of a reformer. Inside yeah. this shepherd's body out on the backside of the desert is a man who truly cares about justice and righteousness. Yep. He comes to the aid of yep. those who are weak and oppressed. He's done that his whole life. And, and that was his his sphere. God had to show him, though, that that, sh- that staff that was in his hand was going to be used to be uh, a tool of deliverance for an entire nation. What a dream. And I want to ask you the same thing. No, God doesn't look at pedigree. He looks at the heart. Yeah. If you're watching this and you're feeling uh, a, <laughs> a call uh, for renewal, a call for deliverance, a call for justice in your heart, even though you might not have the pedigree, yeah. You gotta, you gotta look in your hands. What's, what is in your hands right now? Because God is looking for those people, uh, with a burning in their heart, um, a burning desire for justice, a burning desire for God's kingdom to come Amen. and to use whatever's in their hand. Now, but I want to get to the second, second person because now your character is going to be refined because this is not an easy journey. This is a cost to Amen. be paid. Amen. This is a price to be paid, right? Amen. And what is the second and, and, step? And Eleazar is one of my favorite people in the Bible. And we talked about this Sunday. I love this story. And we want to highlight this today. Yeah. The Bible says in uh, 2 Samuel 23, verse 9, uh, that Eleazar was with David when they went out to taunt the Philistines. And uh, I just started cracking up because I'm thinking, taunting Philistines, like, what is that all about? You know, taunting is almost like a modern day, uh, and we would call it trash talking. You see it in sports, you know, where one uh, offensive player is trash talking the defensive player, vice versa. Um, But basically, it's saying, this is what I'm going to do to you. You can't stop me. I'm unstoppable. I'm the man. And I want to just put a time. I want to break down the psychological and mental warfare that goes on trash talking. Okay, Let's break that down real quick. You know, we we know like Michael Jordan is one of the greatest trash talker ever. You think he was just doing it? for fun the 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 competitor here he is the strategist he is he's not doing it just he's, for fun he's trying to get in their head he getting in people's head is a very real thing in in war in sports in every single strategy yeah. yep okay if they can uh you and I talked about when um when David came onto the scene to fight the, the uh, Goliath okay yep. now Goliath was out there taunting the Israelites you said for like for 40 days 40, right? days. 40 days Israel's on one hillside yeah Philistines on the There's other. There's a valley in the middle. In no one wants them to get in the middle because you, you, if you get in the middle, then you're in the bad position. So they're all waiting on their side. Yep. So, but 40 days of the of Goliath coming out and basically trash talking Israel, telling them what losers they are. You guys are. lost. Yep. Give up already. Just concede. You guys don't know anything. Come on, put on your big boy pants and just concede. <laughs> you know, that sound familiar or something? It's just they're taunting for 40 days. I want to tell you, if you are sitting under the taunting of anyone with, for 40 days with no pushback, you will grow fearful and your, your heart will grow weak. Because what you hear and what you see will change your mind and your heart. And we talked about this. The yes. mainstream media, th- th- this is not even debatable. This is proven when you do studies on what's on the evening news. For the last four years, the mainstream media has lied and attacked and vilified the duly elected president of the United States for four years. Trash talk. Wah, 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 wah. Four years. And I'm telling you, we are a nation divided right now, largely because of what you listen to and what kind of trash talk and taunting that you're listening to. And if you're if you're getting your information from the mainstream media, I'm, I'm 
promising you you've been brainwashed and poisoned because that's all that's happened for the last four years. Yeah. And again, my question is, where is the credibility? How do you know what truth is? Just because they have money and power and connection, does that mean that they and have agenda. an agenda? Is that avenue to truth? Because, you know, the boy who cried wolf is a very real story. Yep. I mean, I'm not real, real, but it's a very, it has very real principles. After a while, after saying this is definitely true over and over again when it's proven not, you, you stop believing them, That's right? right? That's how it should happen. That's but right. again, let's go back to this whole idea of taunting, okay? If you subject yourself to taunting over and over again, I don't care who you are, eventually it'll get to your heart. And the Bible talks clearly about the power of words, yep. the power of what you watch, your eyes, the power of what you see. Yep. So so what... what and back to David, yeah, you know, when yeah. David shows up on the scene, he arrives providentially at just the moment, you know, he's bringing some lunch to his yep. brother's, he arrives at the very moment when Goliath comes out for his daily taunting. Yeah. And and it says that all of Your Israel daily was shaking. routine yeah. schedule taunting oh, yeah. it's brought time to you by for the evening news. brought to you by the whatever whatever foundation <laughs> corporation. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Goliath's it's coming time out. For the time. All right. Mockery. Everyone got the popcorn. Goliath's coming out. All right. Come on. Preach to us. Preach to us. And all we've been hearing, especially yeah. during this COVID pandemic, global pandemic, all we've heard every day for the last how many months? is the the oh, horror how many people contracted this and oh how terrible it's going to be and blah 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 blah. i mean uh, and then what does israel do when they come out with the talking head they yeah. start running they tremble they run the opposite yeah. direction because they, they're really lost they're already lost in their heart they're already lost in their mind so there's no point and and you look at the elections you know again i'm not going to some specific what's the point of calling some states super early before the, the results are, yeah. are already declared, even now they're still doing counting. They already called it the night on the election. What's the point of not calling certain states? It's not about reality here. It's not about truth. It's about shaping reality. Yeah. When Goliath was screaming and yelling and taunting, he was shaping their reality. I'm saying, hey, don't let other people shape your reality. One person should shape your reality. And that's Jesus. Amen. And the way you proactively let him shape your reality is you got to get yourself into his word. You got to hear the things from the kingdom yep. of God. Are you hearing the word of God more or are you hearing the news more? Yep. If you're hearing the news more, you are going to lose heart. That's good. So That's good. That's a and simple I, and, math. And I love this too because when yeah. David started asking questions, like who, he basically said, who does that guy think he is? Yep. And it was interesting that his own brothers started attacking him. Yeah. And I just want to tell you this, you know, we're living in a divided church. I mean, I tried to make the case, how in the world you could support candidates who who support the murder of babies all the way through nine months of pregnancy, who have no uh, value for marriage or understanding of gender, who could care less about protecting your conscience and your God-given liberties, and Christians that somehow in their minds vote for people like this. It's unbelievable. So when you stand for truth and you care about righteousness and you care about God's reputation, your own brothers in the church are going to accuse you. In fact, they, they accuse David of of, uh, uh, of deceit in his heart, of being arrogant, oh, yeah, arrogant being prideful. Oh, my goodness. This yeah. is somebody who just wants to get in a fight. And, oh, and, and, and David cares about one thing. He cares about the glory of he God. Cares about, he comes in here untainted by the 40-day preaching by the minx, I mean, by Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> he came untainted. 
because he spent his time in the wilderness in the presence of God, meditating on God's word. His heart, his mind is clean and refreshed. He comes and brings true reality aligned with the will of God to this desperate situation and his clarity without being tainted by the preaching of Goliath, he sees, wait a second, no one is engaging in this giant? What is going on? He's insulting the, the, the most high God. And, and no one sees this because they have all been brainwashed. That, that's what psychological warfare and looks they have like. And no, they have no courage. Over and over again, yeah. with, when you look at David's three uh, mighty men of valor, they stood and they were willing to stand alone. Everybody yeah. else ran. Uh, and again, we find so many churches that won't even, and, and I'm calling them out right now, they won't even stand for life in the pulpit. How do you not stand for the sanctity of life? And you call that political. How do you not stand in your pulpit and proclaim just that as a baseline? Let's not even talk about other moral issues. Uh, so again, it's a sign sometimes where you're standing literally alone and you're taking the heat. Maybe yeah. you're taking the heat at work. You're taking young people. You're taking the heat at school. But there's something powerful about a, a man or a woman, a son or a daughter, a boy or girl who's willing to stand alone for truth. And I love what you said. When you're, David was out in the wilderness tending sheep, but he was worshiping. He was writing songs. That's where many of our psalms that we have uh, came from David's own personal devotion with God. And I believe God's looking for men and women who are speaking cl with clarity and with truth because they're not getting their marching orders from the mainstream media or anybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, when David finally approaches Goliath, I love this, Goliath starts mocking him. He says, am I a dog? You come at me with a stick. And this is what he did. He cursed David by the names of his God. This is ultimate trash talk here. And he says, come over here. I'm going to give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. So this is a demonic spirit speaking through this man, condemning David, taunting David, trying to put fear in David's heart. But this is what David replied, and, and I love this, taunting the Philistine. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You have mocked him. You defied him. You've ignored his laws. You're taunting God. You're making fun of our God. Today, he said, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. Now, that's some good taunting right there. Yeah. That's some good trash talk. And then he says, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, not with the sword or spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give it to us. He is He is saying things that have not yet happened. He's speaking prophetically. He's speaking prophetically. He's, he's saying this is what's about to come down. And I just want to encourage the body of Christ right now. We need to be praying through this. We need to declare truth uh, to, to prevail. How about this? We need to be praying that corruption would be exposed. I really believe that at the heart of all of this that's going on is the fact that there are some of our major leaders who should be behind bars right now. I won't mention names, but the corruption that we have seen in this nation, even leading up to days before this election, there are major leaders who should not be put in office, but who should be put behind jail cells because of what they've done to sell out this nation. Uh, and it's time that people pray for justice to be revealed, and then we fight for this. You know, again, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we should be warring in the spirit. The, the soul of this nation is under assault right now, and if God's people will 
will rise up and if we'll pray and if we will fight and if we will declare and if you know what if we'll taunt the enemy we'll speak the word of the lord we'll tell the enemy you're not going to win the battle for the soul of this nation we are going to win jesus christ is going to be lord of america we're going to see righteousness restored once again in this country that's the fight that's before us right now and i want to speak personally because i don't know about you but since you know last couple of weeks i've been feeling demonic attack uh, in my whole household, yeah. just darkness, you know, anxiety, fear coming in like never before. So every morning when I get up or in the afternoon when I need to go back because I'm feeling the weight, yep. this is what I do. I get into my secret place of the Lord and I declare victory and I taunt the enemy. Come exactly on. what you're saying. Yep. We got to do this in our private. Yep. We got to forge this into our character in our private so that we can stand in public. Yep. You know what I'm saying? David practiced this in his private play, private uh, space in, in the wilderness when no one saw him. He practiced his character, his intimacy with the Lord. He practiced uh, silence and depending on God for killing bears and but, lions. But our mouths are important. And, and, and I think this is why, you know, it's funny to me when, when Eleazar went out and taunted the Philistines right. with David. Well, what was David doing there? He was declaring the truth about the situation. He was speaking what was going to happen. Uh, he, he was calling it like it was before the Lord. And as you pointed out, this is not about, this is not about people. It's not about politics and parties. It's not even about, uh, uh, ele- you know, uh, election principles. It's ultimately, it is about the presence of the Lord, and it is about being prophetic with our voice, and it is about going after principality. Right. Lots of peace here, but we're going after principality. It's about, it's about the glory of God at the end of the day. But but for those who might struggle or a public proclamation, I want you to practice their private proclamation, yeah. Yeah. and you get that into your heart. And then when God touches you and you grow, then you start proclaiming. This is all very practical. We talk about raising our spears, but it starts in the private life. It starts in our character. It's good. It what starts you tell yourself. You, what you Tell, yeah, you gotta win yourself first. Yep. You gotta find peace. You gotta find victory in yourself and yep. in, in, in believing and aligning yourself with the word of God first. And then when you speak, you speak with authority outward. You speak w- without fear or anxiety. You're not speaking out of compulsion or anger. You're Amen. speaking out of authority. Amen. That's what it looks like. So we raise our spears. We know who we are. Yeah. We know what our gifts are. We know what the word says. That, that, that's our weapon. Uh, we stand our ground and sometimes we stand our ground, uh, alone. Um, uh, yeah, that's the that's the that's the character. That's the time of testing. But, but we but stand we, firm. We stand firm, and then and we then defend point. defend your ground. You know, you talk about a shama, shama, another great one. Yeah, standing right in the middle of the lentil field that that farmer's field became his battlefield, and when the Philistines came over the hill and started to attack again, everybody ran. But the Bible says this man stood in his field. And that sword that he fought with literally became part of his hand. He had to peel his hand off. It was frozen. Uh, that sword was frozen to his hand because of his grip. In other words, he did not quit. He was tenacious. He persevered. Basically, he said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what is my sphere of authority. And I'm going to take authority and dominion over it, and I'm not going to give an inch. And so, yeah. again, you might not be running for president of the United States, but you know what? What about at your workplace? What are you responsible for? Are you married? Guess what? Your home and your family uh, are your ground that you need to defend and fight. We have to start with ourselves, as you yeah. said. I, I got to make sure I defend my heart. Out of the issues of, of your heart come the issues of life. So I got to guard my heart. I need to guard my mind. I need to uh, I need to love my community enough that I'm going to get involved and I'm going to serve and I'm going to speak out. So you got to figure out what is your bean field. 
And then even though it might look like it's worthless and insignificant in the eyes of the world, it's just a field full of beans or lentils, guess what? It's yours and it's your ground that God's given you and it's not worthless, it's important. Uh, And if you cave and you lose your ground and somebody next to you caves, before long, the whole system comes crumbling down. Cascading down, down. yeah. So you got it. It's worth fighting for. And we just want to encourage you uh, to make sure you know your area of responsibility and then defend it. And that's, I think, where we're all at. Everybody, everybody right now in your own sphere, you got to be willing to fight, stand, don't run, don't roll over, don't act like it doesn't matter. It does. This, we need to fight for the soul of our nation. Right? I think there's some very practical questions from the sermon. First of all, what is your spear? I mean, that's this is not a hypothetical. It's like, yeah, I got a spear. No, no, you don't have an actual spear. Right. What is your spear? What is your voice? What is what is uh, the weapon that God's given you for a time like this? Again, not against people, but against ideas, against right. principalities. Okay, so what is your spear? The second one is um, where is your voice? First of all, where are you receiving your your teaching, your preaching? Right. Sometimes you just turn on the radio, you don't, you're not even thinking, or turn on the music, you're not even thinking, and you're inundated with these messages. And next thing you know, your heart's soft, your heart's uh, hardened. Sorry, your heart's yeah. weak, and you're like, why am full I so unbelief. weak? Uh, full unbelief. What's going on? Maybe watch what you're watching on social media, what you're listening to. Yeah, uh, that's good. Be careful. Filter that carefully. Make sure you're listening from the Word of God more than anything else as your primary source of message. Yeah. Okay? So, and then what are you proclaiming? Because of what you watch, what you're proclaiming. And then lastly, what is your field? What is, where is your sphere of influence? Where is the ground that you say, I am not moving? I'm not budging. That's right. Non-negotiable. Non, where, is, where is your non-negotiable? These are very practical questions. I feel like every man of God who's looking to be in the gospel of kingdom of God, advancing to the kingdom of God, has to answer for himself. Yep. And there, there's some soul searching that needs to happen, which might be one of the best things. That happens to the church. I'm not talking about living stones. I'm talking about the church in America. The best thing that happens to it right now is for us to do some true soul searching and say, where do we truly belong? That's good. And I want to end this podcast with some hope. Number one, what we're dealing with might be unique to us as Americans. I don't know that, well, I guess we have been divided like this throughout history, certainly the Civil War and other things. There's been great division in America. But you know what? As we turn to the Lord, God's always been faithful to forgive us of our sins and to heal our land. That's the promise from Scripture. So I want to encourage you. There's been dark times before in American history and in the history of other Christian nations. Um, but that doesn't mean God's not on his throne, and it doesn't mean the merciful Father is not willing to come and to restore and to heal if we will humble ourselves and we will lead and we will stand and we will fight. Uh, God is on our side as well. And so I want to encourage you, in every one of these situations, it was, a, it was an insurmountable uh, set of circumstances to overcome, but God. And all God's looking for at the end of the day is for us to show up and for us to do our part and for us to stand and for us to proclaim. Do our do what we can do, even though sometimes it says, you know, we feel like, does this really matter? Do what you can do, and God will do what he can do, and he can do everything. And God doesn't need a majority. He never works with majorities. God's not a politician. He's not looking for votes. God just needs agreement. And that means one person and God in agreement can accomplish his agenda. Amen. And so be let's be those people. Let's agree with God's opinion on policy issues and God's opinion on how people should be treated, God's opinion on justice and life and marriage and the family and a host of other things uh, that lead to the well-being of our nation and our communities, local communities. So any final comments? Yeah, I have a question for you, especially for, well, for everybody. Do you really truly believe that God wants to use you for great purpose? Do you truly believe it? 
Because once you step into it, there will be doubts and there will be attacks on the enemy to question that. So you need to make sure you count the cost and say, do I truly believe it? That's something I faced the last couple of days in which as I'm trying to move forward, I feel doubt and fear coming at me saying, ah, does God really want to use you? And that's a question that yep. I'm like, wow, I thought I knew. I thought I really believed. And I, I realized I haven't searched my heart deeply enough to, to really count the cost and to really say, do I truly believe? Yep. And to get there, sometimes you have to face some deep fears. Yep. You have no, to face good. it. But I want to ask you, do you really believe that God wants to use you for his great purpose? Great question. And I'll say this, you know, the Bible encourages us to fight the good fight of faith, which means what the devil goes after is our faith. Yeah. Because if you move in unbelief and you move in fear and you move in doubt, he's already neutralized you. You are, you are worthless to the kingdom of God when you're moving in fear and doubt and unbelief. That's why we fight every day for faith. We choose to believe God. We choose to believe what he says. We choose to believe what the prophets declare. We choose to believe what his word declares. Uh, and that's a fight every day. So we just want to encourage you today. I hope this podcast, uh, strengthens your faith. Uh, because if we can strengthen your faith, uh, there's no end to what God can do through you. Amen. Let us pray for you right now. And again, we love to hear back from you. We love your interactions. We love your comments. We love it when you share this podcast. It helps us get the word out. But let's pray together. Will, will you join us? Yeah. Lord, we ask you to strengthen our faith today. May we raise our spears. May we stand our ground. May we defend our field, Lord, whatever that is, for your glory and for the good of this nation. Father, we know America is hanging in the balance, and we pray. We, we press in. We pray that the assignment of the enemy over this nation would be defeated. God, that you would place into office the one who you have appointed, the one who's part of your agenda and your plan. And Lord, whatever that outcome is, we still believe with all of our heart that you are working for the good of your people, for the blessing of our nations and the nations of the world, and most of all, to magnify your great name in the whole earth. So we love you, we honor you, we trust you, and Lord, find us faithful in, in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, thanks for watching today. Have an incredible week. We look forward to seeing you, Lord willing, next Thursday on the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. Have a great week. Have, have a great week.